morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word information with inspiration. And of course, in the studio with me is my best gal friend and first lady of love, founder of Love Talk, Miss Evelyn Davison. Hey. Good morning. I usually call you Miss, <laughs> see, I got you. Because I, I you usually I was, call you Miss Davison. And yeah, I said, hey. I was waiting for the love line. And as our mothers would have said to us as we were ladies oh. growing up, they would have said, hey's for animals <laughs> and not for ladies. What are you talking about? Well, you know, it is, uh, it is a day to laugh, Cindy. We've had a, a busy week, uh, a troubling week, uh, but, uh, a week knowing that God is in control of not only our lives, but, uh, but, but our nation. You know, we just get so weary sometimes that, um, when the news, it seems like it's all bad and we're anxious for the good news. So, uh, we are in a, uh, a good place today and we have some wonderful news to, uh, uh, to announce today because we, today, we are joining the Patriotic Now Radio Network and we'll be uh, broadcasting live uh, internationally and um, especially uh, do we want to welcome those who are in our military today who will be listening. Yeah, an ex- I'm excited about this because uh, we're streaming live. Now we stream live from klgo.net, well, but now we're streaming live to our women, men, and armed mm-hmm. services uh, across the globe. And uh, didn't they, last time was their first program. They got 6,000 mm-hmm. hits on right. that. So we're excited. So Well, we are excited. And, they, and I think uh, at this point they'll be, you know, uh, Storing it and then rebroadcast. They'll stream it live and then they'll re- it'll be like we do sometimes when we we or take a vacation or a holiday. And, and they <laughs> when would out. that be? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it is so exciting to think that we are right in the middle of some terrific things that God's doing. And you know, this week, Cindy. Uh, was a week uh, of major activity in the state of Texas. Last you Saturday, awesome. we I... had a wonderful time. Okay, now those of our friends who are in the armed services will appreciate this. At one point, you know, we were down at the 40th uh, Memorial uh, March and Rally for Life at the Capitol. And, of course, Texas just has some awesome leadership over the nation. Rick Perry... David Dewhurst, the Lieutenant Governor, and of course our Attorney General Greg Abbott were, were all there. And Dan, Senator Dan Patrick, Mm -hmm. God love his heart. And we're going to talk a little bit about each one of them. But anyway, you know, you sit there and we're always in the media booth and up on the steps where the program's Mm -hmm. taking place and, and all the dignitaries are on one side and then they stuff the media over here. Well, the program was going on and, and it was, wow, it was the biggest ever, you know, watching people. People come and up. More Congress yeah. is always such an incredible. I, I feel the one thing I love about living in Austin is the times that I have been in that Capitol or been on those steps and watched the people mm-hmm. come up Congress to freely express both their worship or their discontent. You know, I was here in the 70s when there were some <laughs> mighty big peace marches. Yes. Sorry about that, you guys. Some of you all are uh, old like me. But anyway, 
Evelyn, so here we are. We're like three quarters of the way through the program. And we're, you know, got our interviews lined up with all the big wigs. And I look over and Evelyn is standing right behind the podium <laughs> with the post-abortive women. Next thing, I see her sidle over to Rick and the security. You know, there's so many people in suits and earwigs. You should have seen security. <laughs> it was, I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to have to call Van and go get Evelyn out of the the what do they call that the the, the jailhouse the yeah. cal, calaboose cal anyway the caboose or yeah something. anyway yeah. well it was uh, an exciting time and of course I did not go without the invitation to go sit by him <laughs> and of course you know when you've got as many uh, security people and um, and cetera whatever they are that are there because when you put the governor and the attorney general holy and David Dewhurst and the, you know, the leaders of our state all together in one place in public. Uh, it is dangerous. There were a ton of them, and they're, of course, they're adorable. They're young. They're sweet. Mm-hmm. Their eyes, you can tell they're really attentive. And you're right. These guys are a triple threat. They're like a yeah. threefold cord. And I just want to mention. You know, they are such good friends. They, the thing about those four people, they have a mission for life in this state. Well, and it's so exciting. But the thing that they're was, just mortal men. Yeah. They're not perfect men, but oh, I will no, tell you what, <laughs> they got a rod up their back on the issue of, of life. Well, that's, that's the exciting thing. Uh, but the thing that was so funny is I, you know, I had kind of communicated with a couple of the guys that I knew and said, you know, can, and I pointed my finger over there, you know, me over there in that chair. And, uh, one of them looked around, the other one looked around and, uh, you know, it took a few minutes for me to do that. I but, was totally Because I didn't up. want to be hauled off to the caboose. Oh and, my gosh, I had this big picture of me calling Van Davison saying, Van. Well, the thing that was so funny, though, Cindy, and I have to tell this, is I sat down and, of course, you know, he uh, immediately reached over and kissed, oh, yeah, he did kissed me on the cheek. Oh, yeah, he arms around you. Well, I know, but I, that, but he kissed me on the cheek, and I said, oh, don't do that. I said, you know, when you get old, you get germs. <laughs> and he just laughed, laughed. But we are excited. Uh, I did have a communication with Justin Reynolds, our, our friend down there, and we have confirmed the governor will be at the... Uh, Texas State Prayer Breakfast, and with Paul Overstreet, and uh, that's the reason that I went over to speak with him sure. and, and, and to encourage him because I knew that that was in the plans and we've done all of the formalities, but I want to hear him say himself, I will be there. Ellen. Yeah. And so he did yeah. that. <laughs> that's it good. Is. It is one thing to get all the official paperwork. And it's another thing for to him to look, yeah, and for him to look you straight in the eye. Well, let me just tell you, um, I wanted to get an email off to all these guys this week. And of course, you know, I've battled some, some, you know, some minor health stuff this week, but, uh, Gosh, there were some one-liners that Ooh. each one of them laid out there that I dearly loved. Now, Rick wants to preach. Well, he does. And we're going to give him an opportunity to do just that because uh, we love him and, uh, and he's got, he's got some things in his heart. But here's what he stood up and said that I just loved. He lined out the biblical precedent of 40 years and what that typically means for the children of God when they uh, rebel 
uh, or reject mm-hmm. God. And so he talked about, uh, just briefly, he, mm-hmm. this is how he opened. He talked about the, no, the 40 days of rain, the, the flood and mm-hmm. Noah and the new covenant. And then he talked about the children of God wandering in, uh, the desert as they were going to the promised land and, uh, how, and how they rebelled against God. And of course, then mm-hmm. had to stay in the desert. Mm-hmm. And he said, this 40 years that we are commemorating, not celebrating mm-hmm. today is representative of the 40 years of America's wandering in a moral wasteland. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh, Rick, <laughs> your last book may have been oops. But if your next book <laughs> isn't a moral wasteland, you are missing well, out. Well, th- that is his heart. And, of course, uh, Governor du- uh, Lieutenant Governor Dewhurst talked about we've got to govern with a moral uh, uh, govern conscience. with a conscience. I loved that. I thought that was excellent because so often we forget about others and just live within self. <laughs> and that's what we're going to be talking about today with the Yes Life Cindy. But then, you know, General Ab. Uh, oh, my gosh, oh, my that gosh. Guy his, just, do we love him or what? Oh, yeah. I I, I couldn't hug him because he's fragile. <laughs> but, I don't think he's very fragile. You know, I got some pictures this uh-huh. last week on, I don't know if you got on email, uh, but his hunting pictures with his daughter, they had gone elk hunting. Really? Oh, I yeah. Did... And they're right next to their two kills. And, oh, uh, yeah. You know, his, his daughter is adopted and he does, he is very, very pro-life. But, th- you know, this is apart from government. This is a part of a person's heart, Cindy. What they want their life to be a billboard for. And that is one thing across this nation that is known and is, uh, blown through the, the trumpets is that in Texas, Texas has been the leader in the pro-life issues, and we are so thrilled about that. Well, we that. are, and I just have, you know, one last kudo to uh, to uh, Attorney General Abbott, and that's this. Uh, they talked about some of the measures that they were going to be looking forward mm-hmm. to in 2014, which we want to be sure and support. But that guy is like Caleb. You know, Caleb in the Bible was the person who was never never satisfied to take his portion of the land and settle there, pick out the best portion, the green pastures. He always said that fortress over there that still houses the enemies of God, I want there. I want to go there. And why did he do it? Was it just because he was just like he just had a, a, had a yeah. mat on all the time? Yeah. No. He knew that when he would, was fulfilling the, the character of the word and the promises mm-hmm. of God, that God would be with him. He was concerned that if he settled for less, that he would not be in the presence of God. I will tell you, I think Greg Ooh. Abbott is like that. Mm-hmm. The battle that Texas is leading in the court systems mm-hmm. across the board, right. whether it's for women's comprehensive health, not the distorted mm-hmm. kind, but the the real deal, whether it is over uh, the upcoming uh, comprehensive health for national health care, whether it is for gun legislation, whether it is for life boy, Texas, he has made 
the courts pay attention Absolutely. to states' rights. And, Cindy, you know, that's one of the things that the hearings were about this week was women's health. And, um, you know, the thought with most of them is uh, absent uh, from the do- women. If there are not enough dollars for women to have uh, state support, they will go to the death side. They will go to abortion. And so there were, that's one of the issues. The other one this week was the hearing on the e-curriculum, and, and that brought up a whole new set of things. Well, you know, now I was, we have a very trusted source on the women's health and, and life side, many, many contacts, and, of course, Carol Everett with Heidi Group. Um, with what Texas has done, is fun comprehensive health care for women that if women are receiving state funds, then in order to get comprehensive health, they aren't forced any longer to go to a planned parenthood and or an abortion clinic. They now have different choices in terms of, of attendant care. Before, when Planned Parenthood was that go-to source, now remember Texas has defunded this, then if you were a woman on state funds, then your choice for health care was Planned Parenthood, which you can imagine what the kind of encouragement you were going to get there as far as family planning. Now, the thing with the e-curriculum is that this is a, and you know, an adopted, you get to adopt this curriculum if you want. And so a lot of people have adopted it not knowing the scope of it. And it well, is, it's, a, it's packaged as cultural exchanges mm, is the problem, Cindy. Okay. We want to learn about other cultures. Oh, well, okay. So here is the big one. Yes. The zinger. So I'll go online and the curriculum is talking about who is God. And the answer to the who is God is that there's a monotheistic God whose name is Allah and Yahweh. Mm -hmm. In other words, Allah and Yahweh are one in the same. Yes. Well, slippery, yeah, slippery, slippery slope. slope. (laughs) Yeah, because if you teach children that, then it is a territory that's already claimed by Satan, and and they begin to uh, to accept that. Where you know it is so plain. Jesus said, "I am the way, I am the life, and no one, absolutely no one, comes to the Father except through the gate through which love comes." And that's what He is. Yeah, we're going to take our break, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the one true God. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word studios that is information with inspiration, 1490 AM. And of course, in the studio with me is my best gal friend, the first lady of love. Yay! Miss um, <laughs> Evelyn Davidson, founder and creator of Love Talk. And Evelyn, we were just running down some of the news because 
sometimes in Christian broadcasting, two things get done with the news. Doom and gloom and how the world is full of sin, falling apart. Oh, geez. That's not news to anybody. Well, Adam and Eve had a little part in that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like like that news would have been different any other day since the first news flash of Adam and Eve are uh, kicked out of the garden. I mean, it's basically the same news, but, you know... Uh, we don't want to be part of that media group that is ramping up anxiety so much in the hearts of right. people that they are really not true to the Christian perspective of hope. And so even though we report on some of these things, like this week was also the Texas Muslim Day at the mm-hmm. Capitol. And, and the Boy Scout Day, all of that. Oh, well, uh, the Boy yeah. Scouts are are there. They're caving right now. You know, yeah. they're they're reviewing their policy. Well, there is a special day set aside next Wednesday, February the 6th, to join us uh, at the Save Our Scouts prayer vigil and rally. It's going to be a national thing. So, huh. you know, there are things that, that people have not given up uh, their hope in regard to stabilizing the decline of culture in this nation, Cindy. And that's what we're talking about here. Is not the development of sin, but the decline of moral uh, turpitude in this nation that we might stand on the word of God and know who we are. Now, I thought you were from Texas. And furthermore, for those of people who are listening to the patriotic radio, I thought you were from Cut and Shoot, Texas. All the way. Where did you get turpitude? Is that like turpentine? That's an an old Texas word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm pretty old and I'm from Texas. I never heard that. Let's cut and shoot talk. But the thing about it is it's attitude that we have about what's going on in our world. And if we trace it back to Adam and Eve, Cindy, it's the same it's the same problem. It's just multiplied. And as you know, we're talking about, we are gearing up. And that's a good, another East Texas. Yeah, word. yeah. Fixing we, to. We're fixing, fixing to. to uh, move into the season when we celebrate Yes Life. We oh, celebrate yeah. Easter. Awesome. And Easter is the culmination of God's promise through the person of Jesus Christ that he would come and that he would give his life, and that he would come back to life, and that he would come again. And so that's what we call the yes life. That is the resurrected life. That's what's wrong with our nation today. You got you got most of the Christians living living, the, cru- in living the crucified life. Then you got the other right. other people who think there's no God at all, and they're for sure living a crucified life, a dead life. So you, so, you know what is it then that we need to do to live the resurrected life? Uh, we got to put our expectations on God, Cindy. We expect him to fulfill his promises and fulfill the word. And we've got to communicate with him through the power of God's Holy Spirit. You know, we can just sit and quote, uh, quote verbs and nouns to God all day long. Do this, God, and you're a holy God, but you better do this, God. And if you don't do it, then yeah, who are you? Yeah. Where are you? And who are you? What's another one? We look for God in the daily life. We look for the heart of God, Cindy. And that is the thing that is so exciting to me. As we look at who we are and what it is that God wants us to be, not Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be a billboard for who he is. 
and how he blesses and how we praise him for that blessing. What's another one? Well, uh, we, besides looking for him, oh, Looking for God in daily life, mm-hmm. that's a heart after God. Mm-hmm. Being a child of God, recognizing that God is your father. Right. And that he knows best. Not only does he know best, but he is your provider, your provider your protector. He is the father who uh, wants to see every promise in your life fulfilled. You know, he's not just the father that disciplines. He's the father that's actively out on the field, you know, throwing the ball Mm -hmm. to you or praising you as you come in in your little princess, what, you know, whatever your personality is. He's that father that's saying, you go girl. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I've been reading this week in my spare time, uh, Chan's book, Amazing. Let's see, Crazy Love, I think. I know that. Crazy Love. And it, it, it brings, it brings me back to the point that you can see God's plan for the, for eternity as well as for today. Mm. And the goodness of his creation and the goodness of his love and his mercy. And sometimes we just get so wrapped up with all the bad news and all the other things that are going on that we forget how amazing our father really is. And here's what he says to us in Romans, Evelyn, is Romans eight fifteen out of the message, which which specifically talks about the resurrected life. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike what's next, Papa? Mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children, and we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. We are on adventure with God, Evelyn. You know, that's what uh, Ed Sawson's program <laughs> is, and I get so excited when I get to hear him. It is a great adventure. It is an avenue that we travel every day. We, it, whether we're in the highways, on the highways of life, or the byways of life, we are in this with Him, and He is with us. That's Emmanuel, and it is so exciting that if we live that way, we're going to expect some things, Cindy. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to expect Him to show Himself strong in our life. You know, I hear pastors sometimes or people say, God's going to show up today. Well, believe me, honey, if Cindy Vaughn is there, God's there because <laughs> Emmanuel, you better God that. with us. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have, he is working whether we see him or hear him, mm-hmm. but it, we have got to expect him to be attentive and we have to be attentive. Well, and you said this so many times, but if you are showing up on that wooden pew, 
course, they don't have those much anymore. <laughs> They've got folding chairs oh, everywhere. But let's say cushions. for for uh, wordsmithing purposes, you know, a pew is made up of dead wood. It's a cut down dead tree. There's no life in it of itself. If you are sitting on a pew someplace doing your duty as a Christian going to church, but you aren't in a mindset of expectation, of adventure, of willingness to be uh, enlisted or willingness to be adopted or willingness mm. to be volunteered. If you aren't in that mindset, you can go through a lifetime of missing God and right. wondering, is there more? But as we talk about the resurrected life and the yes life, what it is, to say yes to God, mm-hmm. what it is to believe that God is living today in us, in the world, through us, has not and forsaken his, us. And his purpose in it, Cindy, is, and he says this, all, the scriptures tell us all the promises of God the Father are yes in Christ Jesus. We talked about that last week. There, yes, he has promised that he would be with us. He's promised he will not lead us. And so what is our reaction to that? We're to greet him every day. In the morning when we get up, we say, good morning, Lord. Not good morning, Lord. It's morning. You know, we've got it. That's what. <laughs> good Lord, it's another morning. <laughs> yeah. We've got to greet him. And one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 100. And this is what it says. On your feet now. Applaud God. Why? Because God is God. God is God. And we have to remember that for every step that we take during the day. And it's not easy when you've got the devil, you know, kicking you in the rear and pushing you on down the wrong road. But it is important for us to do that because it gives us strength for good times and bad times. You know, Evelyn, I want us to go out on that note because, you know, when we stand up and applaud God, You think that's just the angelic heavenly host? Mm -hmm. No. Standing applauding God are all the liars, doubters, adulterers, deniers, murderers, and dreamers. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about what it is to live the yes life. This is Love Talk on the Word. morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM information with inspiration. And of course, love talking with me as the founder and director of Love Talk, Miss Evelyn Davison. Now, Evelyn, as we went out, we were talking about Psalm 100, stand up and applaud God because he is deserving of that. The one true God. But sometimes I think people get an idea Uh, I had someone say to me one time, it stunned me, you know, well, I don't know if I can really give my life to God because that's kind of like for the people, all the favorites of God. That's for the people that have got it all together. (laughs) They don't know that churches are hospitals for sinners. Yeah. And it was like, wow, you know, uh, is that what we're giving off? Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways that is the enmity between 
culture and Christianity, but you've written a little piece on the yes life and you know why it is we don't focus on the whys, asking God a thousand different why this God, why that God, but how we focus on saying yes to him. Well, one of the things that um, is so uh, common to all of us, Cindy, is that every time we don't get what we want or every time we have a pain or every time the car breaks down or we get lost, I get lost more than anything, um, we say, why, Lord, did you let this happen? You know, why, Lord, why? And I remember uh, at a time before we moved to Austin, we lived on the ranch, and it, it was a really, really bad time in my life, and and I, it seemed like every day it was just no, more bad news. I mean, it, we had three deaths in our family. Yeah, and for our new listeners, you know, your brother was murdered. Uh-huh. And, you know, once again, you were living that Christian country club life, right. wasn't it? You had it all together, right, sister? Expecting God to just <laughs> fix everything and make my life oh, perfect. Yeah. And life is not perfect. And, and I tell Van all the time when he gets after me about something, I am not perfect. You know, and I, that's my Newsflash. Yeah, newsflash. But, you know, the thing is that, uh, and I quoted this earlier, that, that the word says in Second Chronicles one twenty twenty, all the promises of the Father are yes in Christ Jesus. So when we give our life, when we yield to him and we yearn for him, then we can fully expect and know that he is going to direct our paths. He says that. You know, delight yourself in me and I will, I will delight myself in you. I will give you that path to follow that will bring blessing. And, you know, we, we can look at many of the biblical characters, Cindy, and see this. How, uh, the world systems today does, is revolved and complicit with imperfection. Well, it is a very convoluted paradigm okay on the one hand uh we raise the expectation almost to idolatry right. and demand uh perfection you know looks perfect looks perfect speech teeth. perfect teeth perfect <laughs> boobs per- i mean whatever perfect yeah. everything and yet uh, we know no one's perfect. And what we get then are a lot of shallow, superficial, mm-hmm. what appears to be perfection. And then when we find out culturally that people are not perfect, wow, people will tear them apart. Right. But what I love where you're going with this is because we do the same thing. This must be a part of our humanity. We do the mm-hmm. same thing when we look at the biblical characters. You know, when you when you think of Abraham and it talks about the father of, of, of all nations and when you, you think of Moses and you think of David and you, you know, and Paul and John. I mean, all we do is we think of the edifices of the churches right. across the saints and the edifices across mm-hmm. the world, the globe, that raise these up as icons. Mm-hmm. But what is Jesus doing and what is God doing? 
Well, he is taking the imperfections of my life and your life, Cindy, and he's polishing them. It's like you take the diamond and they chip away at it till it's something of great beauty. It takes a long time for some of us. He's still working on me. I don't know about you. but <laughs> I'm still a me. lump of coal in the ground. But, you know, let's look at those examples you were talking about. What about Abraham? Abraham was a liar. He sure was. He wasn't only a liar. He wanted to sell his wife. He had already two Pharaoh, you know, so that he could save his own life. He was willing to pimp his wife out, you know, so that he would be okay. And Pharaoh comes back to me, says, why would you do this to me? You know, you're God. Mm -hmm. Now all the curses of God are going to fall on me because you lied to me and we're going to let me lie down with your wife. Yeah. The world recognizes it when we're not perfect. Oh, yeah. The next one is Moses. You know, Moses was a doubter when, you know, Moses had a history. I mean, he was saved by the hand of God and from a basket in, in the stream. And he sent him, you know, into an, another land to preserve his life. But then he got in trouble there because it killed an Egyptian. <laughs> he was a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. And so he <laughs> sent him over. <laughs> and a stutter. <laughs> you bet. And he went out to the to the desert and just worked with the sheep. Didn't even get paid for that. And you know, he, they weren't even his sheep. I know. They were his father-in-law's sheep. Talk about a sorry, sorry situation. But you know, when God spoke to him, he doubted him. And he said, I can't do that. And here's why I can't do it. God said, I want you to go back where you came from. I want you to go back and fix that mistake you made. Mm-hmm. Get those people out of Egypt. And he doubted him. And the reason he doubted him, because he said he could not speak eloquently. Yeah, I know that. I have that problem. But... God said, yes, you can, but I will send you a helper. And so he did send him someone that could guide him and help him. What about David? What well, about David's listen, life? here's David who has been living in a cave, you know, half of his life, chased down by his father figure. And he could have killed him many times, but he didn't. David goes out on his rooftop. If you've ever been in the Middle East, you know that they don't have yards, but they have their three stories, usually limestone yeah. houses. And you're terrified is where you, you know, your patio is where you spend the most of your time. And so here's David out on his terrace one night, you know, in moonlight and, oh. Roving eyes. Good looking gal over there taking a bath just as naked as she is anything. And it's his best friend's wife mm-hmm. who then he sends off to battle to the front lines to battle. He knows he's not going to survive. Mm. And this in the word of God, God says, this is a man with a heart after God. Yeah. Go and figure. that's why it was from David that the lineage of Jesus came. Because he did. I mean, he saw his mistakes. He saw his sin. He paid for that. As he had to run for his life so many times. Evelyn, talk about the biblical rooster. Talk about the one who was always popping off. Peter. <laughs> I thought early on I had a Peter personality. <laughs> and I, I had you learn. had something to say about everything, huh? Well, yeah. That's what Ben always told me. Just let Evelyn talk. Uh, but, you know, the thing about Peter that was so heartbreaking was he was the number one spokesman for the disciples as Jesus trained them. Now, John was the lover, but Peter was the one that got the work done. And um, unfortunately, when it came time for the testing, what did he do? 
Not me, God. Mm-hmm. Not me. Not me. He denied. He denied Jesus. Even the young girl said, I think I saw you over there with him. He said, oh, oh no, not, me. not me. He lied. You know, it was just one of those things. But then along comes uh, Paul. After God's spirit reigned in the life of the disciples, Paul, who had been the murderer, he killed. I mean, he held the garments for the soldiers to kill Stephen. Uh Paul, God sent Paul to Arabia for two years to get his attitude straightened out and to get his doctrine right. But when you think about how God used a murderer, again, he used David. I mean, he used Abraham. Uh, he used Moses. It was a murder. And here comes Paul. And Paul comes out of the line that knows the word. And he knew that someday Jesus would come because he knew the word. And so he, uh, Paul started out and took the life of a young man that was so uh, uh, in love with Jesus that he stood up and said, I will, I will take the strike. And then, of course, long comes John. What did John do? Well, Evelyn, you've got to love John. And, and I will tell you, I do too, mm-hmm. because John kind of tagged along. And telling his 80s and he can, and his one question was, why am I here? You know, here's everyone else that's come before me and they've all lost their heads. They've been divided in quarters. They've had their intestines pulled out. They've been boiled in oil. Why am I here? And it, at 80 plus years old, John finally finds himself in Patmos, you mm-hmm. know, Malta yeah. and, uh, breaking rocks. Being boiled in oil. I know. All the others have been scorched. Yeah. Have not yet written a single word until he's in his 90s. Now, why are we talking about all this, Evelyn? Because is the yes life Mm -hmm. for those who are super qualified? Mm -hmm. Or is the yes life for those whom God qualifies. Well, he makes up in perfect perfection what we lack in excellence. And, you know, we are not to strive for perfection. We are to strive for excellence. And so how can we be used by God to make a difference in our world? Cindy, that's the question. How can we be used? We're going to come back and we're going to answer that question. How can you be used by God? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word, 1490 AM, information with inspiration. And in the studio, of course, with me is the first lady of love, Evelyn Davison. And Evelyn, we we are still introducing our 2013 series, laying some of the foundations for um, the 
Yes, life. You know, mm-hmm. we're starting off in that way and we're going to, we, we have a banner, a foundation. We're going to lay this out in, but we have talked about the why principle because so often, even as we open today in the news, people will just, are just consumed with the whys. I've told this story before when I was in Malta and visiting at a refugee camp and, you know, behind the bars and the barbed wire, you know, the first thing that people who had been trying, who were illegally trying to get into Europe, who had now been imprisoned for several years, some of which were ordinary citizens, some of which were political exiles, some of which were Al-Qaeda. One of their questions was, why? Mm-hmm. And the and it was astonishing in their really, really poor circumstances. I mean, really poor circumstances. To have and hear the pastor say to them, you're asking the wrong question. It's not why am I here? Why has this happened to me? Why did God allow this? It's how are you going to use this circumstance, my imperfections, God, to tell your story for you to be glorified and for this life to be all that you want it to be. How are you going to take this rack and ruin, Father? How are you going to take this murderer, liar, adulterer, slanderer, deceiver? How are you going to take all of this? This thief whom Jesus says at the cross tonight, you'll be in heaven with me. How's he going to do that? And what's he working out in us, Evelyn? Well, he's working out his will and his way, and in in the process of learning, of teaching us how to uh, yield to him and yearn for his plan for our life. That's what the why principle is: is yielding and yearning. Uh, if you end the the word why, it ends with a why. Why? It ends with a why. And we're going to be doing a lot of why stuff as, as, as weeks come up. As we talk, today we're talking about simplify. The word simplify ends in why. And it is that yield and yearn for him. Because we can know that when we're imperfect, we can speak about failure. There's been much failure in my life, Cindy. Ooh. I think about some of the choices I've made, some of the things I've said. I wish I'd go back and use that holy eraser of God. Uh, because we stand in judgment often when people don't meet our expectations. And uh, it is so easy to do that politically, uh, but it's also easy to do that on you know one-to-one relationship. And especially, and we do it with God. We do it with him because he does not meet our expectation. Another thing is because we're a sinner, what can we speak of, Cindy? Hmm. What do we speak of as a sinner saved by grace? Well... If we're not so trapped by our bitterness and our brokenness mm-hmm. and our disappointments, if we're set free from that trap, then we can talk about restoration. Mm-hmm. We can talk about what it is in the middle of your imperfections to literally know, sense, and understand the love of God poured out over us. Yeah, and when we do that is when we recognize that we have been forgiven. We have been forgiven for our failure. And he wants to restore us back to the one position 
that is so important in this nation today and in our lives is when we've been broken or we've been bruised, we've been battered. He says we are to pray for those who who abuse us and uh, persecute us and despitefully use us. I think that hurts most of all when we're used uh, out of despite. Uh, I had a, uh, a friend this week that's a doctor that got in that that category, and it was just really troubling that she, you know, she was misrepresented and she was misused. But the thing is is that when we have been brokenhearted and we've been bruised and battered and the Lord restores us, what comes into our life to give us fuel for living? Grace. Grace and joy. His grace becomes our joy. And joy is Jesus over you. Boy, Evelyn, that is a mouthful. You know, like you, I too am a sinner and a failure. And there was a time in my life when I truly believed that I would never know joy again. I mean, I, and it, not only did I believe it, but in, to some degree, I embraced it because I thought lived it, 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 it would be, it. it would be, it would be impossible. It would mean I was accepting the things that had happened in my life and, and going on. I really didn't intend to mm-hmm. move on. I was that brokenhearted. And I will tell you, I can literally remember the first time I heard laughter escape from my lips again. Really? And I startled myself. And the first question I asked myself is, did I deserve to laugh and be filled with joy again? And the que- answer to that question, Evelyn, is not because of who I am. Really? No, but because I was forgiven, all my failures were no longer the thing that God saw in me. He saw the promise of God in me. He saw what he created when he knit me in my mother's womb. All the failures, all my sins had gone on before me to heaven to be judged apart from me so that when I go to heaven... Mm -hmm then those sins will have been judged previously and I will have been forgiven those. And coming again and again to Christ and coming to that ground zero and to that cross, it is joy comes to us because we practice those the simplicity of the gospel, which is we acknowledge Jesus Christ is the one true God. We believe in him and we confess ourselves as sinners. Well, Cindy, that's our life. Well, who, you know, and I'm sure many of those who are listening to us today on Patriot Radio, on KLGO, uh, um, many of them are Christians. But we also have to rem- be reminded that there are those who are listening today that have no earthly idea about the heavenly talk that we've done today. May I just say a little bit about that? Because in the research for this program, this series that we're doing, um, in looking at um, the one true God, we have to come to an understanding that God didn't uh, doesn't exist just for those who attest to his glory right. and who he is. Jesus Christ came and gave his laid down his life for all men for the sinners we talked about here 
for those who aren't just sinning, but who have enmity with God. Mm-hmm. In other words, who have, who are believers of other gods. And the question is, is who is praying for them? Because that is what godliness is. It is, Cindy. Uh, maybe you're in that position today and you're questioning who you are and why you're here and why God has not done some remarkable, great things for you. Uh, it is so simple. And that's, that's what this principle is. It's this, to simplify God's love for us in a way that we can receive it, Cindy, and believe it. Receive it and believe it. And we do that, first of all, by acknowledging that apart from him, we are lost. We cannot do anything about our sin other than, you know, pledge on and make uh, commitments and make resolutions. But to have the power to be who it is God intends for us to be, it is important that we acknowledge our sin and acknowledge that he has come to pay for that with his shed blood so that we can come before him pure. The B is to believe with all our heart he loves us and he has a plan for our life. He has a purpose and he has a passion for us. And then the C is to commit our life to him. Confess it. Lord, I need you. Would you come in and begin to make your life and my life in a way that I can be who you designed me to be? Not perfect, but like you in every regard as I follow Jesus and his teachings and principles. Evelyn, as we examine this why, not why God, but the why, and we look at simplify, it is really this simple that Jesus says in John fifteen sixteen, I have chosen you. And it's this simple. We say yes to that. Uh, we would just remind you as you're listening to us that we're streaming live, klgo.net. You can catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com, and you'll see our latest blogs. You'll see this audio will be posted up uh, early this week, and uh, we that's we'd love to connect with you that way. If you uh, want to get a hold of Evelyn, you can get a hold of her on the love line. That is 512-249-65. 512-249-6535. Cindy, been a great day today. It has it's been exciting. We got a good week ahead of us yeah. to do some of the things that we know God's called us and to We do. just want to encourage those of you who are out there, just keep asking, searching, knocking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. And everyone who asks gets what, Evelyn? They receive. They receive. They receive what it is that God's ultimate plan is. This has been Love Talk on the Word.